Hi everyone and welcome to the Mini Gaming Union podcast for Tuesday, November the 16th. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Colin. What's up everyone? And Lauren. I don't... Um... <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> I don't know. It's something that just She's came out of Arnie, me. the governator. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> as you can probably tell, they're making up for the fact that unfortunately Astaris couldn't be with us because she's she's in bed at the yeah. moment. We're making up for for her absence. I'm really sad she's yeah. not here. I don't have another girl. I need another girl. Well, it's based right, on the laugh that Colin did a few hours ago, he could pass as one. Oh, don't no, pick on Colin. Yeah, don't pick on me. I'm so. <laughs> 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 that was fantastic. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just to remind everyone, Minigup is our community show for GamingUnion.net and it com- is part of the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union podcast series. And uh, today, we are going to be talking about two topics, which I believe are going to be quite a good conversation, quite good conversation topics. I the first agree. one is, uh, which takes more skill, fighting games or first-person shooters? Or third-person shooters, I guess you can put them in there as well. And the second one is simply titled... Do the tough get going? We'll talk more about that later and explain a little bit more to you. We're also going to have an, a question, which is, uh, are you or were you ever biased about video game systems or companies? Have you encountered people that are? That's going to be a very interesting topic, I believe. I think it's going to be quite in-depth. Colin is extremely biased to a certain company. No, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. I certainly am. <laughs> So just to remind everyone, the uh, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union podcast series has a new show every Tuesday, and we're on a rotating schedule with Final Fantasy Union and Kingdom Hearts Union, and Minigolf is obviously the third series in that, but we also have shows that come out on Fridays, we have Gaming Music FM, and we also have Let's Play Again, which I do with Lauren, and we have Liveware Network, which I do with Brian, and this podcast is produced by GamingUnion.net and TweetSeekMusic.com. And it comes out on the iTunes store and GamingUnion.net. And before we jump into the first thread, I want to thank Chuckstore and Astaris for helping to organise this podcast by picking out some suitable threads. Thank you. Domo arigato. Mr. Roboto. Okay. So our first thread for this show is, what takes more skill, fighting games or first-person shooters? And this was posted in the current gaming chat section by Straw Hat Soul. And they said, The FPS has gone significantly popular in a short space of time, whereas fighting games are now starting to make a rebound in the industry. Something that, has, something that is on every gamer's mind is which game takes more skill to play, fighting games or first-person shooters? I think that kind of depends. I mean, if you look at what SoccerDude240 said, he said, though it does depend I think shooters take a little bit more skill fighters tend to do with more about strategy and reaction with what the other player is doing and if you memorize all the button combos well that sounded kind of weird anyway shooters are more about twitch reactions it seems that when I play a fighting game I resort to button mashing well I think and I I don't know I think I have to disagree with him I think fighters take more skill well it depends really I mean his, his, the point is part of what he says is true I mean 
if in a fighting game it, it really helps if you learn all the combinations and in, a, in an FPS you don't have to do that it's generally point and shoot and that's all there is to do however in a fighting game it is about twitch reactions too because it's not just about memorising your combo yeah you've got to have like excellent nowadays. sense of timing yeah and you've got to also be able to react to what the other person's doing and react correctly because if you don't then you probably just get your butt whooped especially in like dead or alive for example where how the evasion works is you have to press evade in the right direction at the right time for the for the type of move it is and sure so you'd have to learn what moves the opponent is doing to know how to evade but you also have to get the timing right and at the time press the right direction and it's like a nine nine directions or eight eight directions you can press. But with that being so said, so you can't really fluke it. With that being said, like first person shooters are very environmental based, so it depends on the environment. Like if things are popping out at you, yeah, you're gonna have to think about your strategy a bit more. Or if you're having a sniper coming at you and you have to maneuver past that, like that's really complicated. And it depends on the game as well because in like games like Call of Duty like a sniper acts like any other gun except it's more for long range but in Battlefield gravity actually affects where the, where the bullet lands so it's not just it's just not pointing and shooting well Sandrin on the site says I'd also say- also known as Adam I'd also say that unlike a fighting game FPS titles have a serious degree of luck to them part of it is reflex sure but what about where enemies spawns? How good your team is, how experienced they are, and what map you're on all makes a huge difference. I mean, both of them have elements of luck to them. <coughs> I mean, sure, if you're, if you're playing a fighting game and you're against someone who does just button mash, there is a chance you could lose. But the chance are that if you know what you're doing, you know probably won't happen. That. Yeah. Whereas if you're in an FPS game, it's almost impossible to go around without dying. But then I suppose in a fighting game it's 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 quite difficult to go around without taking any damage at all. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's easier for people to pick up and play an, F- an FPS. Like, if you just picked up Modern Warfare 2, you could probably go in there and get a few kills. You may not be uh, necessarily getting that, like, three kill-to-death ratio, but you're not going to be on a zero. Well, still, like, I... Maybe it's just because I'm not necessarily... A- experienced a lot with FPS I mostly played fighting games while growing up but when I picked up Call of Duty and just started playing online there were a lot of people on there who were far superior than anything I could do and I just kept getting killed I couldn't even shoot them because they kept dodging everything I think with Call of Duty a lot of, a lot of it has to do with speed and reflexes like if you watch some of the videos on YouTube some of them play with highly sensitive like I don't know if it's the mouse or if they're using like a gamepad but it's really really sensitive like they turn in like half a second then like in fighting games um, for example I I used to think I was pretty decent at fighting games I could beat quite a lot of people at Tekken however when I played Tekken online I got my ass handed to me because they just take it to the extreme like they they memorize like um exactly what combinations they have to do to make sure they get the maximum amount of damage for the amount of time they have and it's things like making sure you juggle your opponents and it comes down to split second timing and then you've got games like the Marvel vs. Capcom the 2D fighters which are a lot more difficult for other um, for other reasons I mean so the 3D and the 2D fighters have 
varying degrees of difficulty depending on where you, how you want to look at them. First person shooters, I mean, it, it it helps to have a certain amount of strategy. Like you, you have to know where you're going in the map. That helps if you have a bit of familiarity. Obviously, um, you know, you want to pick a weapon you're comfortable with. But I mean, as Adam says, how good your team is can make a lot of difference. You could be the best person in the world, but if you're stuck on a team with 15 people that are absolutely crap, and you're against 16 people that are actually pretty decent, then it's pretty much one against 16. And uh, you may not necessarily be those good in those odds. Whereas in fighting yeah, games, can, it's pretty totally much yourself. I can totally that. Uh, the other day I was playing Battlefield Bad Company 2 online, and we were against this team, and all they were doing was noob tubing us. As in they were using like rocket launchers, grenades, and just spamming that at us. And we di- we we died a lot of times, but we still won. Mm-hmm. I guess that's just similar to somebody button mashing on a fighting game. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of it's kind or of just the doing same. the same move yeah. over and over again. I remember a very long time ago, I was playing a game called Fatal Fury. I don't know if anyone knows that, but in Fatal Fury, there is a big fat wrestler guy, and uh, my brother kept doing the same move over and over again, which was his jumping moves. So he just like did a jump and then did a belly flop, kind of like E Honda in Street Fighter. And he just kept doing that over and over and over and over. I will admit, and it's... when I was playing Tekken 2, I did use Law a lot, and I did use the flip move a lot to get just easy kills. Just throwing that out there. But then if you're playing against someone who knows what they're doing, then you'll just get annihilated for doing that. But also, much. like, which would which one would you rather play for a more like satisfying experience? I would rather play a first-person shooter because fighting games I don't get any enjoyment out of playing because people that play fighting games because it's a one-on-one thing people take it really seriously people take it a lot more seriously than they do FPS because it's, FPS is generally team based it's relatively hard to find a casual player on a fighting game most of them are really super hardcore or on the other end of the spectrum yeah I mean it's like even if you play like even if you play Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter Online they will like you'll know the pe- people will know exactly how to do all the moves they'll know how to do the special moves they'll know how to do like they will they will know exactly how to play their chosen character they will have done a lot of research it's not really the kind of research you have to to do when you're playing an FPS and i think the difference between them is that if you go online and start playing a fighting game against people the learning curve is extremely harsh because you will get your ass handed to you straight away there is absolutely no mercy whereas if you're playing an, a first person shooter Generally, most of them are team-based. There aren't many that are free-for-all anymore. So, you know, you may have the chance to kind of get a bit of familiarity with what's going on because it won't necessarily be in your face straight away. I mean, there are some games like Resistance where it was literally you spawn and you will be in front of four people. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen very often. And, uh, I mean, even even after if, if that happens, you kind of get used to it and then you adapt. Mm-hmm. And it, it just doesn't take as long. Yeah, I guess I would want to play a first-person shooter more so. I I generally have more fun. It's more adventurous playing a first-person shooter just because of the environments that you can go in. And generally, if you're in a fighting game, you're just stuck in one area. There's not much to go through. Well, then there are some games like Battlefield where the environment changes like constantly because of the destructibility. We're we talking about Street Fighter 2 had destructible scenery. You could smash into barrels. <laughs> That's a different kind of destructibility. Trees don't fall down and you get a clear line of fire. I don't know how that could ever happen in a fighting game. 
Precisely. However, in Dead or Alive, in Dead or Alive, you could um, th- punch people through walls and then they would fall into different stages of the level. Also, I think it's hard for me to justify with regards to um, online fighting games because I've never actually played a fighting game online. I've only actually I've only really played the arcade games or the very classic games that didn't have online capabilities. So perhaps I'm a little bit out of the loop with regards to that. But I'm, it's not a very fun experience. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of frightened to even attempt. I don't think I will. <laughs> I think I might just stick to playing against the computer. They're not as um, scary. Well, it's like I, on Tekken, I can I can play against ultra hard on the AI and I can win. And I can go online and get completely destroyed, which isn't particularly fun. And on that note, it kind of t- ties in with our uh, next topic, which is uh, do the tough get going? And this was posted again in current gaming chat by Gamer Out, not Gamer Out, or well, we don't really know how that's Gamer Out, Gamer Out, could be either one. Well, if you say Gamer Out, it kind of mixes them together. That's true. So they said, when a game starts to get really frustrating and hard, do you quit and pick up another game, or do you tough it out until the end? I normally do what Zatirin uh, says here. Uh, if it's a game I like, then I will tough it out using walkthroughs and tips people have posted online. I, I live by walkthroughs. I don't care if that makes me weak, if that makes me less intelligent. I enjoy walkthroughs because I like to get everything I can out of the game. And if, you know, there's something that I miss just because I didn't see it, well, then I get disappointed and I want to play through it again in order to get that. But I mean, that in itself is a pretty interesting point because I know some people, they they like to get everything possible the first time they go through. So, like, if they're playing a Final Fantasy game, they don't want to have to go through the game again to pick up all the stuff they didn't get through the first time. But then on the other side, you get the people who they like to kind of experience it in an organic way the first time through. Like, they just want to get what they got. And if they get quite a lot of stuff, then then good for them. And they get that personal satisfaction. But if they don't get very much, then, you know, they'll just do it again and, and think, well, I could have got it this way. Or And especially in games like Uncharted, where you're trying to find the treasure, a lot of people will take pride in the fact that they managed to find all the treasure on their own and they didn't need any help. Mm-hmm. Well, like with well, games... I always use a walkthrough for that. Oh, I do too. With games like uh, Assassin's Creed 2, for example, with the feathers, I actually played through the entire game and then I went back and found all the feathers and did all that stuff. So I kind of... uh, Oh, and I also found the secret after I had done a lot of the game already. So... Yeah, and as Razgur says, some people, usually if they get frustrated, uh, they'll turn off the system, wait a couple of days, and then go back to it and try again later. Because, well, the, I hate to say it, but there are people that you know kind of rage easily, and I, I'm probably one of them as well. You should have listened to me when I was playing the challenges in God of War: Ghost of Sparta. Oh gosh, were you cursing like a I sailor? Maybe. I I generally don't like uh, get that angry, but uh, Lauren can vouch that I got <laughs> rather frustrated when I was playing Hawks. Oh too. my gosh, there were there were slammings on the bed and knocking over of the webcam. Slammings on the bed. Yeah. But... I don't want to break anything. Daryl can also vouch for me that when I play certain games and I get feisty, I tend to get a little... a little angry. But... 
it it's never really like I'm seriously angry. It's always it's not like a long lasting anger kind of thing.、Uh, yeah, no, it's just kind of like a funny frustration. I actually find a lot yeah, of joy out of just, it. It's just, and then when you think、uh, about I mean, it later, you're like, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. Well, especially since it doesn't really achieve anything to get so angry. Yeah, I mean, it's just a game. Just a game. Just a that game. That famous catchphrase.、Yeah. And now I will be hunted down by the. Angry game. I get a little twitch. I when you know if I'm playing a game and I'm really serious about it and I keep failing, you'll see my back like twitch a little bit and I'll be like, oh no. And、um, but yeah, generally I'm I'm like what you said before, Daryl. I I will play through a game like Final Fantasy X. I played through. Getting like the littlest amount of stuff, I just kind of played it through, just to play it through and beat it. And then I went back and I played it again. And then I went with the walkthrough and got everything. And then、um, with Final Fantasy X two, I played through it, got the、um, good ending. And then I went back and I kept trying to get the perfect ending. I haven't gotten the perfect ending yet, but eventually, I hope to. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely in that. I'm definitely that way. I like going back. I mean, the good thing is that generally these days they make games that aren't that hard and like the standard things. It's generally only when you play the harder difficulties or you do challenges that things start to get really frustrating. And because it's because it's optional, it's not really that big a deal. Yeah, like you don't have to do it, but you might want to do it in order to get like secret endings and stuff like that. And then you have yeah, games like, like Resistance, where it's just hard on. Even on normal mode. Oh well, resistance was hard because of the challenges they had in there, which you had to do during the normal game. Wasn't one of them like ten thousand kills? No, no, that's resistance two. Oh, one, one, of, resistance one of them one. in resistance one was you have to knock out all the tubes on the back of the Chimera before it died. Yeah, and there was that was incredibly smash, frustrating. Smash all the windows in the Nottingham、uh, lab. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like if you miss a window and you can't find it, then. Very annoying. Too bad for you. What I think is interesting is that a lot of a lot of games today that are just coming out, a lot of them have a like abandoned the hard difficulty and the easy difficulty, and you just have one set difficulty for the entire game. Like you can't really go up or down. Well, that's kind of more what they used to do in the old days. It's like if you play the Adams Family game, for example, like we just did. There is only one difficulty. If you can't <laughs> do it, you're screwed. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know if I like that because I don't know if it. Well, with the Adams family, that was that's really hard. So I mean, that's that's fine. But I wonder if some games kind of like dumb down, just for the fact. Oh, they totally do, especially games that have、um, they're tied in with、uh, films. Oh yeah. Because they generally、uh, they generally expect people to, that that buy the games to not be gamers. So, for example,、uh, the GI Joe game. The what casual crowd? Yeah, the GI Joe game actually had like most of them don't even have easy normal now. They'll do like normal and casual difficulty, just to make it more acceptable to play. And on that game, you basically couldn't die the entire game. If you died, you just got you just got brought back to life, so it was impossible to fail. Yeah, like I, that just frustrates me. Speaking of which, uh, Prinny Two, it's kind of funny because they have a normal mode and a hardcore mode, but. In the sequel, they're doing a baby mode for the more casual crowd because a lot of people complain about the difficulty about that game. <laughs> a baby mode. Yeah, they're like, stop complaining. Here, you have a baby mode now. That's what Colin's gonna play. They still no, do、I'm、have. No, I'm gonna play hardcore. 
they still do have like the hard. What I like about Kingdom Hearts is that they still do have the hard, easy uh, choices. But, like in the beginning of the game, you can Kingdom choose. Kingdom Hearts whether... is a strange one because even playing on critical mode, it's still relatively easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like even the hard Whereas mode the other is games, dumbed like... down. Like, <laughs> games down. generally have quite a lot of extra modes. Um, I mean, it's not uncommon for games now to have, uh, like un- Uncharted, for example, you complete it on normal, then you get hard. You complete it on hard, then you get crushing. And, uh, like, in Platinum Games, uh, Bayonetta had, like, that super, super speed thingy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, to... I can't remember what it was called. You had to, like, play through a certain time or something? No, no, it was just ridiculously hard. Oh, uh-huh. Because I know there's, like, uh, Devil May Cry has that, where you have to play in within a certain time. There's a lot of games like that. They just go the extra mile to make it extremely challenging. And and the funny thing is that people kind of do it now because, like, there may be achievements or trophies attached to it. But, I mean, like, Devil May Cry, there was nothing like that. So if you did it, it was extreme dedication. I mean, Metal Gear is another example as well. European Extreme Mode, anyone? Oh, that was ridiculous. You didn't even have that over there, did you? Oh, it is in subsistence. Oh, Snake I see. Yeah. So I didn't even bother trying that. It's like, it's like one al- one alert and it's game over. Yeah, pretty much. I know. Um, I remember doing. I did it on the tanker. I, I managed to get through the tanker on the European Extreme, and I just couldn't do the rest of MGS two. Resident Evil. <laughs> Resident Evil also has the same time challenge, which I think is is really interesting. I don't know how long they generally give you for those games, but yeah, you have to do it within like. So many minutes. Although technically, with Metal Gear, if you can get through the game without killing the, with the no alert, no kill award, you can pretty much do it on European Extreme, can't you? Well, I think they add more enemies as well. Ah, I see. And um, I think they increase the distance that they can see as well. So it pretty much just becomes impossible. Like you'd actually have to be a real spy. Like one. Fancy that. But I think it's cool. I mean, it just it challenges you. It makes you go that extra mile, and I think that's what games really need. I mean, otherwise, why is it worth it to buy it and have it on your shelf for years on end? Yeah, especially when games cost like sixty bucks nowadays. Because Metal Gear Solid Four has a fantastic story. <laughs> you just a you need that fantastic convoluted story. You need that to go back Shh. to. Like Final Fantasy X2. I know it's a bad example. I know a lot of people hate that game. But I will probably go back and play through it again just to get that perfect ending. Yeah, I go back and play FF12 from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I might go back and play Final Fantasy VIII. I'm really tempted. I did everything in that game, so I have no reason to play it again. I didn't. Never again? No, never again. I got really upset because the president on the train... Um, really scared me. Turned into a zombie. Oh, he scared the he he scared me so bad. So I was just like swearing by never playing through the game again, strictly for that part. But then I played through it. I played through it like maybe a year ago or so, and I just closed my eyes to that entire battle. Or I would like uh, flip the channel and I'd watch something else while I was playing through that. I still beat him, but I was just like, I don't want to see him. <laughs> That's hardcore. I know. That's I just impressive. didn't want really to look at him. I didn't want really to look at him. He's so scary. But yeah, that's my story. Scary. <laughs> that's your story. Scary <laughs> presidents. 
scary president. Not when games are hard, but when games are scary. Oh, they scare the poo out of me. I don't like it. So wait, can you play Dead Space? Probably not. I've never... I've heard of it. I just... I never played it. What about Silent Hill? Silent Hill I can never play. No, that game... We'll see. That game scares me. That game, Resident Evil, scares me just because I don't like zombies touching me. I don't like zombies getting up on me. Well, they're not actually touching you. They get up all on you. I don't like that. <laughs> they come up so from you the probably wouldn't have liked uh, Deadly Premonition where the enemies shove their hands down no. the throat. No. No. No, 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 no. That was exciting. <laughs> no. That sounds kind of painful. Anyway, I think we're getting really off topic here. <laughs> nothing to do with how hard games are. <laughs> so I think it's time for us to move on to our question, which Colin is going to take. Yeah, okay, this question is asked by Lexin Cora. Please do not kill me if I mispronounced it. That's how I would have said it, Colin. And the question is, are you or were you ever biased about game systems or companies? Have you encountered people that are? I've encountered people that are. They're Pray on tell, show. Lauren. <laughs> Who are you biased? Even oh. though I did own a Xbox 360 for a short period of time, I sold it back. Strictly because my love for PS3 is so strong. I love PlayStation with all my heart and all my soul. And I will never betray you again, Sony. I love you. Despite what GameStop tries to do you to you. You sound so sincere. I, I love touching. you so much. I really want you to be in my house. But it's just <laughs> like it's going to happen anytime soon. Because I don't have the money. But eventually. What about you, Colin? Aside from Nice. Me? Well, I used to be really, really biased against Microsoft. Uh, but the funny thing is, before I even knew about the whole console war thing, I was like, I want an Xbox! But anyway, in the end, I, I, for a period of my life, my teenage life, where there was quite a bit of angst on the forums, I was really pro-Sony. And you still are. Well, not so much now. I, I, would, I would play Xbox. I mean, I, everyone probably knows, am extremely biased towards Sega. <laughs> purely because I used to have a Mega Drive and a Master System, and I love them to death. And a Dreamcast as well. I used to absolutely despise Nintendo. Partially because of Sega. Them? Well, kind of. However, this is an interesting and true story. When I was at university, I actually got a GameCube. And <gasps> it was partially because it was on special offer and because Melting Solid the Twin Snakes was coming out on it. However, while I was at university, I convinced every single person I knew that owned an Xbox to trade their Xbox in and buy a GameCube. Wow. Even though it you was hated an Nintendo. Gift. Yes. Is it because of Metal Gear? Well, no. They actually had some really fun games on the GameCube because it was not really like a Nintendo console, in my opinion. It was yeah. like the most un-Nintendo console. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I always wished I had a GameCube just because of all the games that were on it. Like, I loved Mario Party. I know that's not like a a game that you really... Well, I actually think that the GameCube versions of Mario Party were the best. They were just so much fun. I had the best time playing those games. I don't know what it was about it, but... I never really got into the N64, I never really got into the SNES, never really got into the NES at all, but the GameCube versions of the Nintendo franchises actually I kind of liked, and uh, 
I mean, the Wii ones kind of suck again. But I personally am not a massive fan of Nintendo because of what they do as a company. They generally just put crap out and expect people to buy it, or like with the N sixty four. They don't need to expect people to buy it. They still buy it anyway. Well, yeah. Well, they they didn't. But N sixty four and the GameCube were very bad years for them. Partially because the N64, based on the SNES success, they basically did a Sony, and it really annoys me what people will just forget about it because it's Nintendo. There was a point in this country where N64 games cost more the, to buy than the console. Wow. That is how ridiculous Nintendo were. It's like, oh, you want to buy Perfect Dark and Goldeneye? Well, they're £80 each. You can buy the console for 60 Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's ridiculous. But I uh, did... I mean, I am a little bit of a N64 Nintendo, a little bit of a fangirl, because strictly because I grew up on it. Like the first console we ever had in my family was a Nintendo, and then my brother had um, a Super Nintendo, which I loved to death. All the games on there were just so much fun. But then I got my Sega, and then I just fell in love with Sega Genesis. But Sonic. Yeah, Sonic is a lot of fun. I so love much Sonic. better than Mario. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not necessarily talking about as a game character here. I'm talking about as a personality. But there's like also the Sonic TV shows are so much better than the Mario TV shows. But there's also I did not like know Mario had a TV show. He had loads of TV shows. They all mm-hmm. sucked. But there's also, like, the N64. Like, there were a lot of really good games on the N64. Like, Mario 64 was one of the best Mario games. Super Smash Brothers was my favorite. Super Smash Brothers is awesome. Pokemon Snap I loved. (laughs) And, like, Oh, I remember always wanting an N64 for Pokemon Stadium. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Pokemon Stadium. Yeah, and then connecting just, just, your Game just Boy. Just the fact that, yeah, it was like you could actually see your Pokemon in 3D. Oh, I know, so it was cool. like the most epic thing ever. It was so much fun. Yeah, there I mean, were a lot like, of people lot of seem stuff. to think that I am extremely biased towards Sony because I am not necessarily a strong advocate of the Xbox 360 or the Wii. But it's pr- actually exactly that. It's not that I have a love for PlayStation, it's that I... You don't have a love for yeah. Nintendo or Xbox. I generally describe <laughs> this console generation as it's which console you like the least or dislike the most. <laughs> it, it's not about what's the best, it's about what's the worst. I mean, not many people know this, and this could be a first exclusive for everyone here. When this console generation actually came around, I... Well, I wasn't going to get any of them because I was not convinced by any of them. When they first started showing off the PlayStation 3, I was just like, well, there's absolutely no games that I'm interested in. Resistance looked like a piece of crap, in my opinion. I did not understand why everyone was getting so excited about it. And there was just nothing else. It was just like, well, why should I buy a PlayStation 3? And the Xbox 360 didn't exactly have a lot going for either. I think a lot of people initially bought the Xbox 360 just because it was an HD console and it was the only one. Mm-hmm. It was like the first. It was the first upgrade. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Nelson bought an Xbox 360 purely for that reason, and then because of that, everyone kind of had Xbox 360s, which enabled Xbox Live to kind of grow. And if you ask people why they have Xbox 360s now, it's generally because most of their friends have an Xbox 360. Yeah. 
So it's like, well, I want to play Black Ops with my friends on Xbox 360 because they all have an Xbox 360. It's not really a good justification for having an Xbox 360, but, you know. For me at the time, it was kind of like, when I bought it, um, I was kind of suckered into it because GameStop, they just... They were offering me these deals. They were like, "They lied to you get about an having Xbox no PS360. Get an Xbox 360. We don't have any more PS3s. We won't have any for a while." And I was just like, "Oh, okay, fine. You know what? I'm sick of waiting. I'd been waiting about six months with that game gift card in order to buy a PlayStation 3, and there was nothing going on there. And I'm just really upset. So I decided, you know what?" I'm just going to go out there, I'm going to get my Xbox 360, and I thought, you know, well, Left 4 Dead is on it, and that's a really good game, and, you know, um, Bioshock was on it, but then later it came out on the PS3, but, uh, yeah, there wasn't really anything else that I really was um, a fan of for the Xbox 360 that was solely Xbox 360, most of the games that I played could also be played on the PS3, but I didn't have Uncharted and I didn't have a lot of the other games that, oh, Little Big Planet, like stuff like that, that I really wanted to play. I just didn't have access to it, which was really sad. I mean, in terms of specific companies, technically we should all like Square Enix. Oh, it's more, of a, it's more like a love-hate relationship. Yeah, well, yeah. I used to be in love with them until um, a certain individual came along. Who, who is this? Do you know who that individual is, Colin? Pray tell who. I believe he's described as the Bobby Kotick of Japan. Oh, if that helps. him. Yes, him. A certain Yuichi Wada. Tell us. Cue what did... Drum roll. Well, pretty much, since Squaresoft went out of business because of Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, the company has kind of been a bit crap. Well, it seems almost like they were lost and had no direction whatsoever. Yeah, and especially now, like, they they started abusing all their franchises because they became... I mean, Squaresoft was obviously a company based around making money, like every company is, but yeah. they also had principles involved with in what they did. Like, they stuck to the whole Final Fantasy thing. They didn't exploit it. They just kept Final Fantasy to what it was. Sure, they did re-releases of stuff and things like that, but it only really started getting mainstream once uh, Square Enix was formed. And then they were just like, well... Final Fantasy is like the biggest franchise in Japan, aside from Dragon Quest. So uh, it's, it's kind of like Japan's it. Call of Duty. It pretty much is. I mean, there yeah. are so many Final Fantasy games. It's so ridiculous. many spin-offs, so many sequels, so many compilations. Well, actually, technically, there's only two compilations. And I mean, if you think about the the quality of Final Fantasy games, and I don't want to get into an argument here about whatever, but I mean, if you look at it, before Square Enix, you had seven, eight, nine, and ten. And they basically all came out in the span of five to six years. And then after the Square Enix regime launch, you had Final Fantasy X Part Two, which was basically part of the old regime anyway, or just kind of put out the door by Square Enix. And then you have we've, since then, we've only had 12 and 13. 13. So in the eight years around, they've put out two games, whereas Square I think they've put out more five. spin-offs than they have main games within those years. And obviously now they're, they're a pioneer company in... Uh, making sure that Japan goes away from its Japanese roots. Yeah, they're publishing a lot of Western games, especially games from Activision like Call of Duty. Yeah, and of course they bought IDOS as well. Yeah, so they're so doing... So Square Enix aren't really Square Enix anymore. They're not the they, same They've become quite a bit of a publishing 
company. Yeah. yeah. They're the biggest Japanese publisher. And Capcom are kind of doing it as well. And But I absolutely hate Capcom. Uh, I'm kind of divided on Capcom because I love Monster Hunter. Well, I don't like Capcom because they're... they And it's part of the same reason I don't like Nintendo as well. They have their core franchises and all they do is release games from those franchises. They very rarely make new IPs. How many Street Fighter games are there? It's ridiculous. <laughs> It's like Resident Evil. That's another one. Dead or no, Dead or Alive is not Capcom. That is that. Tecmo. Tecmo. Yeah. There definitely are a lot of Resident Evils, though. So I mean, basically, the consensus that we can draw from this is that Lauren has an extreme bias towards Sony. Um, Colin and I don't really have any bias towards anything anymore. We used, used to. to. We used, used to. to. Now we're just disheveled old gamers who like to look at the negatives as opposed to the positives. Hey, hey, I'm not that old. I didn't... I'm mean old in terms of our time within the industry. Hey. I've, play, I've been playing games for 20 years. I've been playing See, games since older I was... you're older than me. Since I've I was five. For 11, I think. Oh, crap, I, actually, no, I do feel kind of old. I've, yes, you do. I've been playing since I... Well, since 15 years ago. And how does that make you feel? Old. Exactly. But I still have a bias. <laughs> You're just dedicated. Your bias is more new, though. You see, you still have the old love, but you have developed some new love as well. Whereas Colin and I haven't. I suppose. Okay. And you're more innocent than we are. <laughs> okay. Are we good? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think we're good to round the show out now. On that note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can find Minigup in the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union feed on GamingUnion.net and you can also subscribe to iTunes if you search for Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts we are number one we, no, we don't have we don't have a here to say number one no we don't you're going to have to do it for her number one number one we encourage you to join up on GamingUnion.net to jump in on the discussion um, you know there's a questions thread dedicated to Minigup so if you want your question answered then please feel free also make threads we talk about them and we highlight your comments to make you feel special yay and also agree we with them do. if you feel like we should agree with them sparkle sparkle the next episode of Minigup will be on the 7th of December and if there are any changes to the schedule we'll let you know on the forums or via Twitter so Colin Lauren goodbye time I'll be back this is Arnold saying goodbye. I'm Daryl saying goodbye, not in an Arnie accent. This has been a tweaksmusic.com and gamingunion.net production. Twitter. So, Colin, Lauren, goodbye time. No. I'll be back. This is Arnold saying goodbye. <laughs> Where are my Oreo cookies? <laughs> <laughs> this is shameful. I, I really hope the governator doesn't listen to this. He'll ban us like he's trying to do video games in the whole of California. Well, technically, he has no choice since he is the the governor of California. He has to go through with it. <laughs> what? But, but, but banning that's another us discussion the for another day, I think. Maybe he can ban us in the state of California. Daryl, end the podcast. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Ban uh, hammer. <laughs> I don't really know what, how I should react to that, so I'm actually just going to end the podcast so that we don't have to listen to that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Love me. I said never again. You know you want a free hug. <laughs> All right, just end it. Just end okay. it. Okay. I'm Daryl saying goodbye, not in an audience.